2: Welcome, you're listening to the best of investing, you know, our show, it's where we discuss business topics from a business standpoint <laughs> and it's about three guys sitting around a bar having drinks without the drinks talking business with you the audience listening in and there's no women here either no women not this <laughs> yeah, time no women no alcohol but just uh, three guys sitting around talking business that's it and the audience is listening in over our shoulders I'm your host Edward Brown along with my co-host Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money and Nam Fawn of Pacific Private Money we do have a phone number it's 888-912-1190 you use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five pack tanning certificate worth over over $100 given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is animals that start with the letter Q. No, I'm just kidding. Right? It's just going to be general trivia. <laughs> Are there trivia? Still be stumped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. General trivia. General trivia. General okay, trivia. so we're going to talk, we're going to start
3: off talking about recent news of the economy. Recent news of business. So uh, but before I start that, uh, Edward, you and I got back from a little trip we did last week. Uh, yes. Man, it's been cold around here the last couple of weeks, and you and I flew out to Palm Beach, Florida. Yes. I got to tell you, it was, I'm sending text to my wife, it's, it's 82 degrees here yep. today, honey, and we're <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> no. uh, House doing business. We were, yeah. we were. We yeah. went out there actually to speak in front of a family office group in Palm Beach that we were invited to. It's an exclusive group, uh, privately owned, and um, we were um, invited by one of the members. Uh, in fact, a membership in this group. It requires a minimum net worth of $75 million, and I can't wait to be qualified. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have a long way to go, a very, very long way to go. But it was fun. It was great. Uh, and, and at that meeting, Okay. It was interesting, and I will start out talking uh, a little bit about the economy, and probably this the first couple of segments because I've got some great articles of uh, that just from the last couple of weeks that uh, I think portend some pretty good news about the economy uh, and how it relates to real estate. Since we are a bunch of real estate guys here, uh, and we're bullish on real estate investing, as anybody who's listened to the show would know, and so we're going to kind of weave that into real estate investing and other investments. But I want to. Start out by saying that um, at the beginning of this uh, of this group, and so we're invited to present. Uh, we're one of four presenters uh, to this group of, uh, and we are presenting, of course, the Pacific Private Money Fund, which is a mortgage pool fund, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that fund later on today. Um, and, uh, but before we were able to present, uh, as the group was assembling and starting out, the, uh, many of the members who know each other, of course, very well, and they meet monthly to uh, listen to pitches from companies like ours. Uh, they wanted to talk about, uh, hey guys, you know, what's you know, what are you concerned about? What's happening in the economy? You know, where are you investing? And they got into a long discussion about bonds, which I'm not going to get into right now because you know, if you've listened to our show again, we're not, you know, we're really not bond guys, and we're really not even stock guys either. But the bond market right now with with interest rates rising, of course, is, is um, you know, not the, the best place to, you know, if you have your money right now, you're seeing bond prices go down in, in, in res, as a result of that. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is that uh, one of the older members of the fund who's been investing in uh, equities and stocks for over 50 years was very concerned about the price earnings ratios uh, that he sees. Now, he says the P.E. ratios of stock prices, in his opinion, are at historic highs. And... I also wondered, and again, I'm not a stock guy, but uh, maybe Edward, you might have a comment on this. You know, I, I kind of liken P/E ratios to stocks, similar to cap rates paid on commercial real estate. And cap rates paid on commercial real estate have been declining over the years. And as they go down, that means the price or the value of that commercial property is going up. There's an inverse relationship between cap rates, capitalization rates, that is, uh, and commercial real estate prices. But they've been going down um, in large part because money has been cheaper. Uh, Interest rates have been going down. And as interest rates now are starting to go back up, both short term and long term, we would expect that cap rates on commercial real estate will follow suit. Well, I don't know that the low cost of money has had any influence on P.E. ratios when it comes to stock investing. But I'm just wondering if those P.E. ratios as, as interest rates and inflation increases, would that be of concern to those who buy and invest in stocks about those P.E. ratios being at historic highs. Okay, I, in my I wish opinion, we had Ken Winans on the show. Again, yeah, was, He, he used to be a co-host uh, yeah. with us at the Best of Investing uh, a number of years ago, and he's a stock expert, but we don't have any stock experts here, so no, we're just going I, 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 to opine here. Yes, well, I think
2: a lot of times the stock market tries to predict ahead of time, right? You know, people buy stocks in anticipation. Mm-hmm. So if they assume that the earnings will go up, then eventually those P.E. ratios theoretically would go down, right? And then maybe Mm -hmm. that's what they're— And if that happens—well,
3: the expectation was that maybe stocks might underperform in the coming— Months and years as a result. Uh, more after the break.
2: Yeah, because again, those stocks have to go up in value in order for those PE ratios to make no, sense. Really. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, the the earnings have to go
3: up. Earnings, earnings have to okay. go up.
2: Yeah. All right, here's our first trivia question. Again, no uh, animals with Q, but this is an animal question. What do whales feed their young? That 's our question call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety if you 're the first caller with the correct answer you 're going to win that free tanning certificate worth about a hundred dollars. Uh, I want to make a quick mention here for if you 're thinking of a wedding venue family reunion or just a place for you and some friends, check out the San Francisco. Theological Seminary in San Anselmo, where they have a gracious two-story, completely remodeled Victorian. Check them out. Call 415-451-2836 or go to www.seminaryevents.com. And don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back.
1: For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now back to the best of investing with your host Edward Brown. Welcome back to
2: the best of investing again. I'm Edward Brown, your host along with Mark Konf and Nam Phan. First trivia question: What do whales feed their young? I'm going to guess regurgitated krill. Regurgitated krill is not the right answer. Not like a bird? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, milk? Milk that is correct because it does a body good. Oh jeez. Okay, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I, I, I
3: stole that from one of those commercials. <laughs> Mark, why don't you continue with us? So we um, were are we're talking in the last segment about how Edward and I visited a, a family office event where we were presenting the Pacific Private Money Fund for their consideration, uh, and uh, one of the members there was talking about you know the his fear of of high PE ratios in the current stock market and a belief that, you know, there might be some underperformance. And, you know, it's been inter- The stock market has been really interesting. I mean, there was a year, you know, about about two years ago, the stock market was actually underperforming quite a bit. I mean, there was a twelve you know, month periods, I think, between you know the mid twenty fifteen and mid twenty sixteen where there was essentially zero growth year over year. But then it went on a tear, you know. And of course, yep. we've had a real, you know, a very unexpected. Not a lot of people that uh, we were listening to were calling that. And so, but now here we are. It's been kind of bouncing around at twenty five thousand, and uh, you know, based again on. This family office environment where, you know, people of, of means and many of them sent to millionaires uh, and where they're putting their money at. Many of them are very, very cautious about the stock market right now. They believe it's overpriced. They're also concerned about the bond market where they tend to invest fairly heavily because bond prices are being squeezed right now. Um, there was other, one other question, or a comment, rather, by one of the other members of the family office who said that, in his opinion, he was predicting that interest rates, both short-term and long-term, were going to increase much faster than the media is projecting. Now, based on... I, you know, he didn't actually get into that, he, no. into, into a lot of detail. Um, wish I had that detail, but I just, I, you know, I, I took a note to that, uh, that comment, and of course, um, you know, again, a lot of banter back and forth, but it's, it's always interesting to, to hear what... Wealthy people or people of extreme wealth are thinking, and um, you know, it's it's uh, um, oftentimes that's you know that's something that uh, you know those of us little people are not. <laughs> not really pretty would, you, would you
4: say that they're more aggressive in their thinking, or, or are they conservative? I mean, you know, how do they get to that level? You know, well, I
3: we just... expected them to be more conservative, yeah. but here's the thing: you know, we presented our fund, and our fund uh, has been distributing at around eight percent with monthly distributions, 8% income, um, year over year for the last five years. And the surprising thing is, is that there was interest, but then they were saying, you know, could you use leverage to increase those yields to get them up to double digits? Now, Mm -hmm. when someone starts saying double digits, that's typically not conservative, but it just tells you that they're accustomed to seeing presentations and opportunities where yields are in the 10 to 20% range, which a lot of us uh, certainly don't see those kind of opportunities on a regular basis. And maybe they don't have an issue with having a few
2: losers if they can hit one big one. Right. I mean, do they think like venture capitalists or do they think a little bit more
4: conservatively
2: and actually I think that it's a little bit more venture capital because the kind of presentations that were being made there were kind of ground floor type of uh, you know maybe drugs that were getting approved uh, Uh by the FDA and that sort of thing
4: okay so it wasn't just real estate no 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 no. in fact I think
3: there was only maybe one other one yeah yeah Yeah. on to the articles for this week Uh, the Fed is confident about growth about uh, the the uh, possibilities for growth in the U.S. economy this year. There go. There's your, really, your rising interest rates. Yeah, coming. Robust economic growth has increased the confidence of Federal Reserve officials that the economy is ready for higher interest rates. Uh, the Fed cited the strength of recent economic data, financial conditions and the impact of major tax cuts that took effect in January, which they believe might deliver a larger than expected increase in near-term economic growth. Now, what's surprising about this is the Fed doesn't usually come out and announce this kind of stuff, and that, no. was, that was really unexpected. Um, the Fed is seeking to raise rates gradually to maintain control of inflation without impeding an economic expansion that is nearing the end of its ninth year, which, by the way, is one of the, one of the longest peacetime expansions. In fact, uh, by, if, it's still, if we're still in growth at this time next year, we will be in the <laughs> longest expansion. Hmm of uninterrupted growth in uh, in our nation's history. So um, another article uh, might. This is from Kinsey and the McKinsey Global Institute is one of the most respected, you know, uh, national and economic um, think tank uh, of the consulting giant McKinsey, of course, Uh, article in the uh, this is a New York Times article. Will we have a productivity boom next? Hmm. And they believe that as the economy or the study it anyway believes that as the economy returns to full employment, meaning we're having a harder companies are having a harder and harder time finding uh, people to hire an outburst of faster growth and productivity and hence economic growth is a real possibility. So Hmm. the thought is this, um, uh, you know, basically, you know, as fewer and fewer warm bodies are available to hire. The way you make up for that is you spend money on infrastructure and software that make you more efficient, that increase mm-hmm. productivity through efficiency. And so they believe that that could result in, in a in an economic boom. So. So, again, just interesting. Um, oh, and one more thing. Consumer confidence remains at a historic high. You know, and of course, we know that consumer confidence drives spending and investing, and especially on the retail yep. side. So, you know. If anyone's wondering, and we get asked this all the time, do you see any clouds on the horizon? What do you, you know, what do you predict for, you know, 2018, 2019? What do you see? You know, are are we at the top of the cycle? Is the business cycle moving towards the next recession? None of the indicators would lead to that. Nobody we're listening to is predicting that. In fact, Uh, economist Chris Thornburg, who is one of the few economists who went public in 2006 and predicted the oncoming recession and the real estate price bubble and was largely ridiculed for that. He, in fact, is is, um, reading his articles. He still remains bullish. Um, He said the tax overhaul will... uh, have and uh, well, he did say it have these unintended consequences for the U.S. economy: higher interest rates and tighter lending markets. I thought that was interesting. Wow. But uh, you know, again, higher interest rates doesn't act doesn't necessarily mean recession, mm-hmm. right? No, but the tighter lending—where is he coming up with that?
2: It's because people,
4: less people qualify. Qualify? Yeah, that yeah.
2: or or more bank regulations
3: or? Huh. Anyway, he he believes that there is little reason to expect that the expansion. Uh, the expansion to stall or reverse in 2018, although um, he's concerned about the worsening labor shortage, which will have implications in California for years to come. But again, hence the other article. Will that drive productivity in the form of efficiencies? And we will find out after this break. No. okay, we have to
2: go to a break. All right. So here's our second trivia question. What direction does the Nile River flow? And you can't no. say downstream because uh, that's, like, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of obvious, right? That is right?
4: correct, though.
2: That is correct. It goes <laughs> downstream uh, due to gravity. All right. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. And also, we want to make a mention here for the ladies of Broadway. It's coming to the Marin Civic Center this March. Be prepared to be amazed and inspired by these Broadway pro- powerhouse ladies when they hit the stage for a dynamic evening highlighting the tales and talents of their stellar broadway experiences uh they'll perform from legally blonde i didn't know that was even a musical mama mia <laughs> wicked and uh, uh motown also that'll be kind of fun check out ladies of com all right don't touch that now we'll be right back
1: for more information on this program call 888-912-1190 that's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host Edward Brown.
2: Welcome back to the Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host along with Markov and Nam Fawn. Second trivia question. What in what direction does the Nile River flow? East. North. No. North. North. Ooh. And it's funny because you look at a map. I know yeah. you think it's up, but but I guess it's uh, still downhill. But, yeah, it, it flows up uh, north. I mean, let's <laughs> <laughs> okay. try again. Okay. So, uh, Mark, during the break, you said you wanted to rant about something. So rant away. So
3: um, some of you, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard this rant before. But this was in this morning's local paper. Home prices rise 13.5%. <laughs> Uh, No, they didn't, damn it. (laughs) Oh, no, they didn't. (laughs) So in little Marin County, which, you know, can barely, you know, budge the meter on how many unit sales there are from one month to the next because we have no new homes, very low inventory, not a lot of homes on the market right now. But uh, our own local Marin Independent Journal has a, you know, editor that just loves to, you know, create these headlines about, you know how uh, in January, Marin home prices increased uh, 13.5% year over year. But they don't say that, oh, it's it's the median home price, which is irrelevant to home pricing. It There isn't even such a thing as a median home or a median home price. It's a calculation. It's just a it's a random number that's uh, based upon. You know, half of the homes sold above this price and half of the homes sold below this price. It's a peg number. It's not a it's not a home value. So, so are, you, are you telling me there's truth and then there's statistics? Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, again, home prices continue to appreciate. In California, if you want to know how much they're appreciating, you want to look at the case, Shiller Index, and their release at the end of January, which is for December statistics, because it takes a while to actually correlate this. They're up 9% year over year, uh, and that's, that is a um, conglomeration of Bay Area uh, neighborhood statistics. California as a whole, slightly lower. But uh, San Francisco Bay Area, home prices based on price per square foot of sales from December of 2017 over de- December 2016, up 9%. Again, a healthy number, but I just have to go on that rant. Because, you know, 13, I mean, it's a big, it's, that's not a small difference. No, you right. know, it's almost, you know. You know 50%. Yeah, you're 50%. Almost, almost yeah 50%. when you have three percent,
4: home so. sales for the month, then that really skews things, right?
2: Yeah, and depending on what the price of the, of the house, uh,
3: yeah, but while we're on that, just a few more things because uh, you know, Edward and Nam and I um, had attended two meetup groups uh, this past week. Uh, some real estate groups, one in San Francisco and one in Fremont. And one of the topics we were asked to talk about is, you know, for real estate investors, you know, what do we see? You know, we've got our you know ears to the ground. You know, what, what's happening in the marketplace today, and, and what are we seeing? And and as lenders and at Pacific Private Money, we we make short term loans. We're a source of alternative real estate finance for real estate flippers, contractors, or home buyers. We also make loans to home buyers buying a home. We're, we're the reliable source if you have to close in a short period of time and your bank financing is not coming through. We're the guys you go to. And uh, and we did talk about how uh, among our uh, peers, that is other private money lenders, we are seeing default rates start to increase, uh, particularly among uh, real estate investors and flippers. And one of the reasons why is that we have found that uh, in the last year, many flippers have purchased homes they thought they could remodel and sell a profit. But as it turns out, they ended up, they paid too much for the property yep. and or the um, costs to improve because labor's gone up and uh, um, supplies have gone up. They find themselves putting these homes on the market at, home, at prices that they can't obtain.
2: Now, Theoretically, the lender
3: may not lose money, though. Typically, the lenders... Right. The lenders uh, typically are not in a position to lend money if they did their homework correctly. But default rates mean the interest... Is not being paid. The monthly payments Currently, are not being yeah. made. We've seen an uptick uh, on a, on a few of our own clients, but uh, we are not concerned about any loans loans in our portfolio because of our underwriting practices. But it's just it's noteworthy that um, that uh, uh, be care- You know, if you're if you're a real estate investor or a flipper, be careful out there. You know, uh, it's really easy to overpay for property, and you you need to be more conservative about what you think your resale price is going to be, your after repaired value. We're getting loan applications from in real estate investors and flippers that we're turning down because we just don't, we look at their after repaired value predictions and, and the amount of money they think they're going to spend to achieve that in a property they buy that hasn't been remodeled in a while. Mm -hmm. And and we just don't think it's realistic. It's unrealistic. They're under budgeting, over predicting on the price and they're paying too much for the property. So be careful out there. These guys have to either get into another
2: business or. Just be very a lot more selective.
3: Now prices per square foot in many Bay Area neighborhoods are frothy. You know we take a strong look at the actual neighborhood, and we've turned down uh, fix, you know buy fix and flip loan requests in certain neighborhoods, particularly in the Silicon Valley, where we think they are again way overpaying for a uh, for a, for a property. I mean we got one in the other day. They they wanted to buy an existing home for two thousand dollars a square foot, remodel it, and sell it for what they predicted to be close to twenty five five hundred dollars a square foot maybe they 'll do it i don 't know I just think that 's ridiculous, and i don 't yeah. want to be on the wrong side of, of that equation uh, as a lender, um, So right. again, you know be careful out there you know what 's interesting
4: is um, at the events that we went to is th- there were some exper- very experienced flippers, and uh, if anyone 's going to be able to make it work, it should be them, but some of them are are, are losing out they 're getting desperate for deals yeah. um, but also there 's a lot of people who are just entering. The space, fix and flip. Mm-hmm. They're, they're learning about it, and they're just getting into it. And that seems like... On the tail end. Yeah, uh, they're on the tail end. Um, and and uh, boy, I hope they don't go through some hard
3: knocks. Another question we got at both of these events, they were you know, asking us, hey, with interest rates uh, rising, um, is that going to kill home price appreciation? Are home prices going to go down? Yeah, and great. isn't it funny how everyone thinks that, that, that that's, that's a logical argument? But if you go back 50 years and look at the charts of what happens to home prices when mortgage rates start to go up... Home prices go up. There has never been probably because of
2: inflation, rather right? Than there that. is
3: there there has been no time in our uh, in in the last fifty years where when real estate uh, home when mortgages were were go, started to go up, yeah. that home prices didn't follow. It's it's not an inverse relationship. Now, if they get to a certain level. It certainly impacts the ability for certain segments of the population to afford exactly. that home. Right. But we have such a shortage in homes right now on the market space that what happens with when mortgage rates start to go up is actually more people enter the home market because they say, Well, I better I, buy I now yeah, before, I, before yeah. they go yeah. Ever, yeah. Even, even higher. higher. So yeah, again, cause if, they usually,
2: once they start, they usually don't stop. Absolutely. All right. Here is an, uh, our last trivia question here. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the fund and how uh, the fund is currently producing what seven uh, three quarters percent
3: yeah about 7.8 right
2: now. 7.8 percent love mm-hmm. it okay uh trivia question number three how many strings does a typical mandolin have Ooh. Hmm. Right? that's how many how many strings and it's more than zero okay <laughs> and uh, less than 10 and less than 10 okay so that that, that kind of gives you a hint there all right call 888-912-1190 be the first caller you'll win that tanning certificate all right that, Again, here's a question. How many strings does a typical violin or mandolin have? Okay, that's it.
1: For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here
2: along with Mark Hoff and Nam Phan. Uh, third trivia question. How many strings does a typical mandolin have? Eight? Eight. Ooh, Very good. I guess that. Yeah, I figured. I mean, not, <laughs> nice. Not the typical One out of six, three. Very good. Okay. Right. So, Mark, uh, we got an uh, email from a listener who says, Why don't you use permanent leverage in your fund? Which is kind of interesting because we had just come back from West Palm Beach and they were asking about leverage, and
3: this guy happened to uh, email. So, just, just for a quick refresher, um, I'm Mark Hanif. I'm founder and president of a company called Pacific private money we're located here in the bay area we're a 10 year old company and our product since 2000 and early 2008 has been alternative resource for real estate financing and we started out in 2008 9 10 11 mostly lending to flippers people who buy fix and flip real estate and the last Four years, I would say, we have uh, had an increasing percentage of loans that we make to consumers that are looking to buy loans. And thanks to Dodd Frank and all the new restrictions on bank financing, bank financing has gotten harder to get and it takes longer to get it. So, in a tight purchasing market like we have here in the Bay Area, some people have chosen to take advantage of our fast and easy bridge loan to purchase real estate. And there's a lot of time, a lot of ways you can use that. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But the question was, so we have a fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund, which we use the fund to make the loans that we make to our, um, borrower clients. And, we have what we call a low leveraged fund. In other words, we don't have permanent leverage that we use to increase the yields. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, so we make loans at uh, around 9 to 10%. And at the Pacific Private Money Fund, we pay our investors a preferred return. Of seven percent, and then we split the profits above and beyond that fifty-fifty uh, between the manager and the fund members, the fund investors. And to date, through the last four years, we've paid on average right around eight percent, um, a little bit below in seventeen, a little bit above in uh, a couple of years prior to that. But you know, right around between you know, let's say seven point eight percent to eight percent um, on an annualized, distributed monthly basis. And we've done that without the use of leverage. And if we decided, hey, we, you know, we can maybe increase the yields on that fund by maybe borrowing money at say 5% or 6% because that's cheaper than the money we get from our investors which cost us 7% plus a 50-50 split. Well, and,
2: Looking back up for a minute. If you borrow the money at 5 or 6%, but you lend it out at 9 or 10%, then you have a nice
3: arbitrage Right. Well, no, right. You, well, no you, but, the, but the reason you do and the reason you use leverage is, is leverage is a cheaper source of money than your investors. And so you use a combination of investor capital and leverage typically if you want to maximize the profit that you can earn for both the investors and, of course, the manager, too. So so you're, you're not incorrect, uh, Edward. Okay. You're, you're right. And, in fact, uh, that's exactly what we do when, you know, regardless <clears throat> The cost of of funds, we're going to we're going to lend it out at um, at market rates. So, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. Um, we have chosen, uh, well, we cho- we, when we first designed the Pacific Private Money Fund, we chose not to use leverage, and we do have a line of credit that allows us to close on a loan if we don't have the liquidity in the fund, uh, but we pay it down to zero when payoffs come in or um, a, a new investor capital comes in. But we're not using permanent leverage, and permanent leverage is one where you always have a balance on a line of credit or a warehouse line of credit, uh, and it maybe is equal to 10 or 15 or 20, 25 percent of the fund itself and there's a um there's a belief uh and uh and a good one that you know using leverage in a fund adds additional risk to the fund because the loan is always paid off first it, uh, with investment capital, everyone's dollars are treated equally. So if there's a let's say there's a loss in the fund, the losses, you know, distributed among all the investors in the fund. And generally because of that, um, it's uh, depending if, if it's a small loss, it's usually an insignificant hit to the fund yield. But if you start having losses and you have a line of credit well, the line of credit, going to get paid off 100 percent. They're not sharing in any losses and they have first dibs on that money. So in a declining market or the run on the fund, You know, the the bank could call their loan I mean, there's just a number of things you can go on. So. So, again, just the most conservative of mortgage pool funds out there. uh, And of course, we operate in California and we're familiar with a lot of other California funds. We know that a lot of other California funds do use leverage to achieve the yields that they pay out to their investors. We do not. Um, It doesn't mean we're not interested in in using leverage and we may decide to launch another fund in the near future that does use leverage. But, you know, with where we are in the market cycle right now and the fact that, you know, we're preparing uh, as a business for that day when real estate prices do start to soften, do top out, do begin to decline again, because we will have another cycle. It's that's just the way the math works. We choose not to use leverage uh, for uh, producing our you know, near 8% yields to our fund members in the Pacific Private Money Fund. So for more information about all this mumbo jumbo I'm talking about, <laughs> please go to our website, which is PacificPrivateMoney.com and or call us 415-883-2150 our phone rings every day with people asking about our fund and that call goes to either me or Nam Phan sitting right next to me here and we'd be happy to share with you and answer your questions and all of your questions are valid and good and we've heard them all before you're not going to stump us uh, and we're happy to answer those questions and provide you with more information and send you a prospectus on how you too can make An average of 8% on your money by investing in the Pacific Private Money Fund. And, Nam, do you have a deal of the week for us?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I would say this is a deal of the quarter for a number of reasons. All right. Do tell. Yeah. So we made a loan to a borrower in Sebastopol, and it was over 100% of the purchase price. What? Yeah. I I thought you guys didn't do 100% financing. Sounds risky. Well, there's more to the story. So um, (laughs) this borrower had another property Ah. that they had plenty of equity in, and it was her primary residence. So she used uh, the equity in her current residence, along with, uh, well, she used the equity, and we were able to cross the two properties and provide not only the full purchase price, but some money for her to do some repairs. Now, that's not the reason why... So it's common. Bridge loan, cross. Yeah.
2: What what was the LTV
4: combined? uh, I believe it was right around 70%. 70%, okay. Yeah. So that in itself is great. Great story. But... The social impact. This borrower is great. I love this borrower. She um, is pro bono helping people who are affected by the fire um, look for rentals. So she's helping them out, trying to find housing, and she's using her primary residence. What she's going to do is provide um, it a place for multiple families to be able wow. to stay who, who are that's affected gr- by the good, fire. That's a
2: great impact investing. Story.
4: Yeah, and the property she's buying also has um, like a separate... Unit yeah. that she's going to run out to people who are affected. So, but
2: yet she couldn't get bank financing because of the loan to value or right. the, uh, income wise. Wow. So yeah. So that's a great story. I love yeah, it. I is love so what Nama's talking like
3: about is is something we we hear a lot when we go to family office uh, conferences. Is they like to know that the uh, businesses or investments that they're putting their money in have a positive social impact on the communities, and that's what. Our loans generally are designed to do, and that's different than when, when people think. And, and again, you know, you could call us a hard money lender. We don't use that term. We can, you know, we call ourselves alternative finance providers or private money lenders. You know, hard money uh, historically was thought of as predatory and or even contrary to the public good. Whereas today, the loans that the the people that loans were making to, they want it, need it, and benefit from it. And oftentimes there is a community benefit to that. So again... And and
2: by the way, these guys do not have mustaches that they twirl. You can't (laughs) see that on the radio, but I'm looking right at them. I couldn't grow one if I...
3: (laughs) Alternative finance today is uh, is not predatory, notwithstanding what you may think you know about hard money lenders all right we are
2: going to cut to our last commercial break don't touch that dial when we come back we're going to be closing the show out with some interesting comments that's the best of investing don't touch that dial
1: for more information on this program call 888-912-1190 that's 888-912-1190 or visit Bestofinvesting.com. now back to the best of investing with your host edward brown
2: Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Now, we didn't have a, another trivia question, uh, but really quickly, you know, we were talking about the NASDAQ. And in the year 2000, it, was at, uh, it hit a high of 5,000, and now it's at 7280. And you think, wow, that's a great rate of return. But I just figured it out. On a monthly basis, the rate of return compounded was 2.09%. So if you invested five thousand, that's, that's
3: annualized over over eighteen, 18 years. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if, so if you so it sounds like a big number, but really on a year over year annual appreciation, not so good. Yeah, real that's estate was a better. Was a better investment. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Mark, you wanted to
2: finish off about impact investing.
3: Well, Nam was just sharing off the air that uh, you know he'd went to the uh, Petaluma. Was it the Norbar? Bar. Uh, yeah, Petaluma read? chapter. Yeah, and uh, somebody stood up after you did a little presentation and said, uh, "Well, you know, you know, private money has really uh, positively impacted uh, communities." Um, and she was trying. I guess she was trying to put in a good word for uh, yeah, for our company,
4: saying that uh, private money is what rebuilt uh, a lot of communities that were well.
3: And that's that's really what's true. And 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 so you know in in contrast to the idea that many people hold and i'm talking about even many realtors and mortgage brokers who would say oh i would never recommend hard money to a client that's like you know it's like loan sharking Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's private capital it's the alternative finance community of companies like ours like companies like pacific private money that provided the capital that was the catalyst for the real estate recovery it wasn't bank financing it wasn't government programs. It wasn't government bailouts. It was private capital from private individuals that was lent out through companies like Pacific Private Money in 2010, 11, 12, 13 that transformed homes streets neighborhoods and communities into turnkey safe and crime-free neighborhoods there were neighborhoods in all around the bay area and particularly in the east bay east contra costa county oakland neighborhoods where there was so much vacancy people lost their homes the homes were boarded up the banks required banks were required to to uh, put plywood over the windows um, there was crime rates rights, rates went up i'd be driving through neighborhoods seeing piles of flowers uh, every other block, uh, which we all know indicated uh, uh, someone died there. I mean, just terrible stuff. You drive through those same neighborhoods today, and the homes look, they're, they're remodeled, they look like new, they're safe communities, families have moved into these, they, and, and how did that happen? That happened thanks to private capital that provided the necessary mother's milk to real estate investors, contractors and in real estate flippers, which is not a bad word, right. because they they went in there, bought these homes, many that hadn't been remodeled in decades, which were lost to closure because people treated them like ATMs. It was their own damn fault. Not the not the banks, but notwithstanding that little rant, they, you know, <laughs> private capital transformed those homes into like new turnkey properties and rescued and resuscitated those neighborhoods. And it continues today. You know, we make you know, we save deals from falling out. We save um, realtors and mortgage brokers, clients from losing an opportunity. Do they have to pay a little bit more by using our service? Yes, they do. But it's a choice. We don't cram our money down anybody's throat. They pay a little bit more. They get the house they want want when they want it thanks to private money no thanks to the banks yeah that's that's my rant (laughs) i'm sticking to it (laughs) no but we are it's it's positive impact so again if you want you if you looking for a way to invest your money for a social and a public good and you want to actually make a nice return uh, while doing so Consider uh, investing in um, alternative uh, finance, in debt. Mortgage debt is a great place to park your money right now if you're nervous about the stock market or if you're worried about home prices uh, uh, maybe have topped out and you're you're thinking you're trying to hedge uh, your portfolio in anticipation of maybe real estate prices decline maybe the stock market's in for a major correction. Um, With interest rates going up, savings rates aren't going to follow behind too quickly and it's still great to get that uh, 8% or more on your money uh, investing in companies like Pacific Private Money. So for more information go to PacificPrivateMoney.com
2: All right. Here's our thoughts for the day. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. I thought it was like a box of chocolates. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Life is like a (laughs) box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Okay. And don't wait for the perfect moment. Take the moment and make it perfect. Seize the day. That's it. Tune in next week to The Best (laughs) of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. On behalf of our team, thank you for listening. I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long.
1: You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW.
0: This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information, is obtained from sources which we